Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Warning. The sign ahead says you are now entering the state of Bryan, the most confused and demented state in the land. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, they sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. It's Tuesday night in lovely Concord, North Carolina, and uh, in the middle of February, you'd think it'd be colder than, uh, I guess, early February, but you'd think it'd be colder than this. No, weather's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, but in uh, tonight's perfect weather show, we're not going to talk about the weather anymore. In pipe parts, I'm going to tackle a question that was proposed to me on Facebook about uh, flavorings on to- on aromatic tobaccos. So those food grade flavorings, we'll talk about that. The part I'm really excited for and is uh, 100% pre-recorded because of timing is my guest tonight is Marsha Kramer Keller. Marsha's family opened the Kramer's Pipe and Tobacco Shop in the late 1940s in Beverly Hills, and you've probably seen their uh, blends show up on uh, smokingpipes.com last week. So I'm excited to have Marsha on. I have a bit of a history with the shop, and uh, you'll hear about it in the the interview segment, but let's just say I'm excited to have her on. Um, Mailbag music, because we've got uh, Marsha on, and a uh, real honest-to-God rant at the end of tonight's show. So, all that coming up. All right, um, big month for pipe smoking because International Pipe Smoking Day is February 20th, and we will do the Monday, February 20th IPSD show, which works out perfect for my schedule. Uh, And then this coming Saturday, February 11th, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time, February 11th. I'll do another uh, live Facebook thing, pipe chat, maybe show you some of my favorite pipes on uh, Facebook. We'll uh, bring some of your favorite pipes along and uh, talk about them. Uh, Again, that's on Facebook, and all you have to do is follow me. Just go on Facebook, find me, and uh, follow me. Uh, While you're there, give a like to the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. And also, if you're on Facebook, PipesMagazine.com has got a fairly active group there that's uh, kind of kicked up some dust lately and uh, getting more and more active. So a lot going on on Facebook for you. And again, remember, that's February 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Hopefully some of you over in Europe will be able to tune in. And uh, sorry to the folks in Asia. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company, and here we go. My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. 
Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are SmokingPipes.com. All right, we are back, and uh, and I must admit, I kind of suck sometimes. Uh, the uh, so the this me- the I got tagged in a message on Facebook from a friend on Facebook, probably somebody that I actually know, and it was asking about the effects of the flavorings on uh, on aromatic tobaccos and potentially uh, implications on those who have. Um, allergies and uh so on and so on um and i can't find it it must have gotten pulled down but i thought you know it's an interesting uh, interesting topic to bring up uh so to the best of my knowledge and i'm not a medical doctor i am a pipe doctor uh and i'm also the leading expert on my own opinion uh so there we got all those out of the way all those uh warnings and uh clarifications for you the flavorings that are used on all aromatic pipe tobaccos that are available for sale are food-grade flavorings. Now, what does that mean? Uh, that means that they are either synthetic or natural extracts that are made to simulate the flavor of what it is. Very simple. Now, I want you to note I said that they are either synthetic or natural because when you go out and you try to grab a, uh, when you try to extract chocolate, it doesn't always work. Uh, there's so many of those, uh, so many of those natural occurring flavors that you just can't get an extract from. So you come up with it synthetically. Uh, when it comes to the situation of certain nuts like walnut and, uh, and, uh, peanut and all that stuff you know you're only dealing with the oils and the uh and maybe like a uh, you know an extract from a butter or something like that but it's really expensive to do that to the natural nuts so what happens is through the miracles of science you have synthetic food grade extracts that are used in all kinds of food uh, if you've ever read the package of some of these, some of your foods, you know, it looks like a, uh, looks like a, la- a, a 10th grade science experiment gone bad, uh, cause they've mixed a whole bunch of things with big long words in it that are all, uh, full of consonants and no vowels at all. But those food grade extracts are, are those food grade flavorings are made to simulate that, that flavor. When you're smoking the tobacco, uh, unless you're inhaling it, you're you're not actually really taking in much at all of the uh, of the oils or the synthetic flavors. In fact, most of them are just in the smoke, kind of replicating what that flavor is, and they're stimulating your taste buds and trying to make your they're making your brain think, "Oh, this is what I'm having." Well, you're not really ingesting it. Uh, and even if you're, if you get it in your mouth, yes, the, the mouth does absorb some, uh, some nicotine and gets some of the contents of the smoke, 
through the uh, through the mucous membranes and the soft sides of your cheek and all that stuff. But you're really getting such a minimal amount that I can't imagine it having any effect. Uh, one of the things that I've asked uh, Tom Provost, the the diabetic man, was if he smoked a sugary sweet uh, aromatic, did it really affect his blood sugar? And no, not at all. Uh, I mean, most in some situations, a lot of uh, a lot of people with blood pressure issues and so on and so on, when they smoke, the nicotine's a bit of a relaxer and it actually lowers it. In uh, diabetics, I I don't know, but I would assume that relaxing helps lower your blood sugar, helps your circulation flow better, so therefore would help. Um, when you're looking again at these flavors, remember you're getting a kind of a, a ghostly image of what that flavor really is. I mean, it's not like uh, when we're when we're doing a uh, peaches and cream flavor, it's not like we're standing there with all these Georgia peaches squeezing the juice right onto the tobacco. No, we're we're using a extract of that flavor or a synthetic food grade additive of that flavor just to replicate that flavor on your taste buds and in the air. Um, if any of you have any different opinions on this, I'd love to hear it because this is completely non-scientific except for the information that I know. Uh, but again, if you know if you got a sweet tooth and you're hungry and you want a little bit of chocolate or something like that, smoke a uh, chocolate flavored tobacco and it'll help ease that sweet tooth because hey it replicates that you're having a little bit of chocolate in there all right let's get uh let's get this break out of the way and then marcia kramer will be with us in just a minute this is internet radio craftsmanship history tradition these are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany, Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Baron Tobacco Company and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And you know what? I'm just excited. I'm excited to have Marsha Kramer Keller with us because... Marsha's mom and I used to hang out together in the Kramer's Pipe and Tobacco Shop of Beverly Hills. And uh, you've got some news to announce in a little bit, but Marsha, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. You know, I remember seeing you there, you and a friend of yours. Yeah. Um, sitting at the tobacco bar talking to my mom. 
So for those that don't know, Kramer's Pipe and Tobacco Shop is in Beverly Hills, about a half block off of Rodeo Drive, a small, traditional, hole-in-the-wall pipe and tobacco shop that also sells some cigars. And when I worked at the Dunhill store, you know what? That's where I used to go spend my lunches sometimes. I'd walk up the street and go sit in there and uh, hang out with your mom and... Just look at the place and listen to her stories. I know. No, it hasn't changed much since it opened in 1949. Yeah, so tell tell us the story. So your dad and your mom opened the store in 1949. What made them decide to open up a pipe and tobacco shop? Well, they actually had a tobacco store in Chicago uh, in the late 30s, before the war. And um, my dad actually... My dad's brother worked for um, a company that sold cigars and cigarettes to the nightclubs in the (laughs) heyday of Chicago. And he hired my dad, his brother hired my dad, to go to the distributor and then buy the the cigars and the cigarettes for the nightclubs. And my dad got intrigued and he met people there. I think it was called Richard and Hassan or something. Um, And he got intrigued with the cigars and the pipe tobacco, and the cigarettes. Um, He really enjoyed it. In fact, he met, somehow in Chicago, he met Mr. Joby, because eventually Mr. Joby tried to teach my dad how to make a pipe. So (laughs) they opened up a small tobacco store on Bryn Mawr, under the L Station, right near the Edgewater Beach Hotel then, um, by the lake. And the building is still there. I went back in last May to the Chicagoland Pipe Pipe and Tobacco Show Mm -hmm. and went over to see the building. And now it's a a theater called the Red Twist Theater. But I took pictures in front of the building, but I have a photo of my parents in front of that store. And then my dad got called 1A uh, for the war, and he had to sell the store because he wasn't going to leave my mom running it. You know, they were a young married couple running the store by herself. And then he never got called up, and he took a job in a torpedo plant, and he <laughs> got very good on the lathe. And every time he got then called to go um, be a, a soldier, they, um, the torpedo plant got him deferments. So he spent the, the war making torpedoes, and he really learned. He was very, very handy and uh, knew how to do all the stuff. In fact, in our, in our store, jumping ahead, but in our store in, in Beverly Hills, my dad built all the fixtures. They're beautiful, knotty pine, even built the humidor and stuff. So after the war, um, they didn't have the store anymore, and they came out to California on a vacation and loved it. I mean, people were swimming in the the ocean and, you know, in the winter and all. So they decided, my mom went back on the train, closed everything up, came out, and they went around and did a lot of research in different communities to see where they'd want to maybe open up a store and found this place in Beverly Hills when it was still a village a charming little village, yeah. and they opened their tobacco store. Um, and the rest is history. It's been there a long time. Now, that's not the exact same location you're in right now, is it? It actually is. I lie because it's it's like four doors down. There, Our block is two big buildings. And when they first opened up, it was in one building, and then the landlord, within the first year, was going to you know raise and raise their rent. So... 
my father, on the advice of Father Dempsey, who we'll talk about later, uh, moved overnight on a weekend because a store became available four doors down in the other building. <laughs> so it's, you know, since actually 1950, it's been in this location. But it opened in 49. Wow. Now, it, and you would, it, it's correct to describe it as a, it's a pipe and tobacco shop that sold some cigars, but primarily when your dad was running it, it was a pipe shop and tobacco shop. Yeah, he did have cigars. He, I mean, he did have cigars. In fact, I have a display of pre-Castro Cubans um, that now are cracked and terrible in their buggy and they're up, <laughs> up on top of the, the humidor. But he did sell cigars. So my dad smoked cigars and a pipe. But, um, but he really enjoyed his pipe. And he did all the uh, pipe repairs and cleaning for his customers when they'd walk in? Yeah, he did. I mean, I can still hear um, the lathe, you know, when I would, just coming into the store, the lathe was usually always going because he was repairing pipes, repairing lighters. Um, he never got much into pipe making. He thought it was a lot of work. and uh, <laughs> But he was very good at repairing. So, um, yeah, he used to repair pipes, repair lighters. In fact, he used to repair lighters <laughs> for Marlena Dietrich. And my mother got very, you know, not jealous, but she went, why is this? Because she would always, she would always <laughs> give him the lighter and then she would take his hand and get, you know, <laughs> so that he, he didn't charge her very much. Not that they charged much in those days, but <laughs> but they did have all the Hollywood elite, you know, in those days came to the store. Would your uh, would your mom work in there most days, or was she uh, busy raising you? Yes. Well, she worked there while I was in school, and then she would be sure that she would um, be home when I would come home from school. So that's when and Marlena Saturdays when I was a yeah, Marlena Dietrich would come in after school. <laughs> she would wait till my mother left. No, no. But. My dad got back, not he didn't get back at her, but like when Cary Grant would come in, my mother, you know, would race to wait on him and have, almost have to trip my father because my father didn't know, you know, he didn't care about those things. And, uh, but she liked Cary Grant. So. so that's a perfect segue into uh, your dad did some, did a lot of custom blending in the store, and those blends are. Uh, Still available to this day, but let's go back and talk about the tobaccos. Which ones came first? Well, you know, I'm not really sure. I do know that Father Dempsey was a customer of my dad's. He was a, an Irish priest. His actual parish was up in Wrightwood, which is up in the San Bernardino Mountains, but he would yeah. come down often to the Church of Good Shepherd, which is on uh, the street right behind our store. And he would come in, and he and my dad became very, very friendly. And it was very sweet because this was this kind of big Irish priest and my dad was a, you know, a small immigrant from Russia. Well, he was seven when he came here, but I mean, he was, you know, um, Jewish and not, uh, not Catholic. And they became fast friends. And <laughs> Father Dempsey really um, mentored him just in um, my, he would advise my dad on stuff like moving the store that kind of thing. Um, and Father Dempsey said, I buy my tobaccos from, I don't know what to say, but he buys, I buy my tobacco from Dunhill. And, um, but I would much rather buy from you, Alan, if, if you can match it. So my dad 
took his tobacco and they laid it out on a little tobacco bar. And my father could tell what the tobaccos were, but not the proportions. So they tried different formulas. And Father Dempsey would smoke it and give him his advice. And finally he said, stop right there. This is it. better than anything I ever got from Dunhill. <laughs> so, um, and he used to see, you know, in those days you could smoke everywhere. So he would smoke at the parish or at the and Church of Good Shepherd. And Cecil B. DeMille um, was a parishioner. And he would say, Father, what is that you're smoking? And he said, oh, it's, it's my tobacco from right around the corner at Kramer's. So... Cecil B. DeMille came in and said, I want some of Father Dempsey's tobacco. And then my father um, wound up delivering to 20th Century Fox to Cecil B. DeMille. But, um, so people called it. You know, They said, we want Father Dempsey's tobacco. So that's really the only one my dad ever named was Father Dempsey. Um, and it, it's really, it really caught on. You know, people really like it. Um, I don't know if I can say this, but um, people like... Um, Rick Newcomb is a, is a customer and uh, was a good friend of my parents. And he said he thinks it's like the old Dunhill 965. So I'm not sure what they were trying to match. If it was 965, um, I've looked in old letters and stuff, or if it was, uh, I don't know if it's Dunhill Standard Mixture. I don't know what it was, but Rick really thinks it's real close to the old Dunhill 965. My dad said it was kind of like a Balkan Sobrani. It was like a campfire burning. But whatever it is, it's it's uh, it's really popular. It's a real smooth but but full-bodied Latakia-based blend. On the uh, on your website, there's two names for that show up in the Father Dempsey blend that I like. Is uh, Fred McMurray and uh, Robert Sherman both did a lot of work for Disney. Sherman being one of the Sherman brothers that we just yeah. played a couple weeks ago, I guess. Right. Uh, but. Huh. <laughs> I mean, it, it's an amazing story to think that this big Irish Catholic and and your father, the not so tall Jewish guy, just became the best of friends, and <laughs> and your and your father got advised by an Irish Catholic priest to move the store in the middle of the night. <laughs> right, and and Father Dempsey left to my dad his medal from uh, the Battle of Dunkirk and a little statue of the Virgin Mary and Jesus um, that he had had. Um, in his room, you know, when he had passed away, he left those to my dad, and they're still in the store. Uh, now, where do, yeah. how do the other, uh, the, the six other blends, how do they fit into, into the story? Okay, well, I wish, I mean, I, I wish my parents were here now for me to ask. Um, the, the next blend down in fullness is the new mix. Um, and that's, um, it has a little Perique in it, just a touch of Perique and, and rich. It's got, you know, Latakia based again and everything. And it's, and it's quite full. Um, and James Arness was a customer who used to smoke that. We used to deliver over to Gunsmoke, you know, when I was little. Um, and then our English blend, even though these are all English blends, um, my dad called this English, so a little confused. Um, is is a medium blend, so it's it's kind of a naturally sweet, um, very cool kind of smoke. It's 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 very popular. It's medium and Richard Sherman, the other Sherman brother. Yeah. Oh, I actually know. I know the both Sherman. Huh? What? Yay! Oh yay! Um, I did a play of theirs. I did a musical of theirs. Um, 
um, at a theater here in Santa Monica. I'm an actor. And um, and they wrote a, um, oh, actually, the play I did with them, I lie, it was in Hollywood. And, um, but it was written by the Sherman Brothers, and we're still, well, Robert did pass away, but Richard is still alive, and we're still friendly with him. Yeah, and, and, we um, and we're going to talk about your acting after we're done with all the good stuff about your dad's um, tobacco. And then we have a blend that we now call um, uh, Kramer's Extra Smooth, and, and that's, it's a mild tobacco. And um, Aaron Spelling used to smoke it. Um, but it's, it's, you know, Virginias and Cavendishes, and it's, it's a very gentle smoke. And our last true house blend is um, our house aromatic. My, my dad did not sell um, the aromatic blends that are out now. I mean, they're fine, but, but he, he preferred the English straight, not case tobaccos. So um, this was something that he came up with. It's burley-based, and it's topped off with an Irish aromatic tobacco. Um, and we had lots of people who really smoked that from Pat Boone to... From Pat Boone to uh, Hugh O'Brien, Roger Smith, they used to smoke um, our house aromatic. That's a perfect place for us to take a break because we're going to save the uh, we're going to save what I think are the best two for when we come back from a break. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, we've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellAndDeal.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Marsha of the Kramer's Tobacco Shop because that way then I don't upset your husband Jim by leaving your married name off of there. Uh, oh, that's okay. Now he's... <laughs> he's kind of used to it. <laughs> You know, and the, the shop is called Kramer's, and we left the awning up and said, Al Kramer, tobacconist. So people come in and say, hey, Mr. Kramer. You know, <laughs> so he's, he's fine with it. <laughs> so the, the last two blends that we have are the ones that I think are really cool, and I'll let you tell the story about them. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we have, um, in fact, okay, one of them, um, this is a, a, it's called our Kramer's Blend for Danny Kay. And um, he was a, a true, true customer. He, he and my dad got along great. My dad was very down to earth, but Danny Kay was, a, was a, a really loyal customer. And he basically smoked. It, it's, it's based on our new mix, which is the, the blend with a little Perique and Latakia 
and topped off that Irish aromatic tobacco. And he loved that tobacco. So my dad never really named it. We didn't want to name, you know, things, but he did. We did call it the blend for Danny Kay um, after my dad passed away. Um, in fact, once, and I say this in my website, but it's just a sweet story. Because as a little kid, I remember he used to give us tickets to his TV shows, the Danny Kay show, we would go. But once my mom was in the hospital, she had um, she was in traction for her back, and Danny Kay came in and he said, oh, where's, where's Tina? And he said, oh, she's in the hospital, you know. And he said, well, let's call her. And all they had was a payphone on the wall. And they called, and he said to her, you know, Tina, hi, it's Danny Kay. And she said, no, it isn't. He said, it is, <laughs> honest, it is. No, I don't believe well, tell me, what can I do to prove it to you? She said, sing something fast. And he did. So he was just, you know, he was a, a lovely guy with my, especially with my parents. You know, my parents were regular folk, and sometimes Hollywood people get a bad rap if they're, um, you know, they're, they're bombarded a lot by people. But if they're treated just normally, they're, they're fine. <laughs> That's what they want. Um, and my last blend, um, my mom adored Cary Grant. I mean, she just adored him. And we had a big picture. I had taken Jim and I, my husband and I, took her to uh, one of the times that he did a, a speech. He would go to a theater and he would talk about his career. And we took her there for her birthday. And she, I, I stood up and I had to say something, so I got to say something about it. And it's my mother's birthday. He wished her happy birthday. She was thrilled. But, um, but he did come into the store. And somebody came in once. We had a photo up on the wall of him, and someone came in and said, what did Cary Grant smoke? And I went, and this is after my parents are both gone, I went, oh, my goodness, I don't know. But I really looked through, we had a, an, oh, we still have an old Rolodex, and my mother had written his formula on the back of one of the cards. So I didn't see it when I went through it, you know, years before and tried to list people on our website. So now I know what he smoked, and that was a, a variation of our English blend. So it was our English blend with that house aromatic, with the um, Irish aromatic tobacco. And, and it's really lovely. I mean, it's a really nice medium blend smoke, but has that, that just that hint of a taste, a little taste of a, of a, of a sweetness and a little sweetness in the air. So that's our Cary Grant blend. And now before we, uh, before we pop the big news... Uh, you've had a, you had a career outside of the tobacco business as a uh, as a actor, performer, dancer. Um, I don't know what else you've done, but I, I, I I've always ever since I was in school, I've I've been an actor. My parents loved it, and and were very proud. In fact, there's all these photos all over the store that I sort of haven't. Not that I mind, but I haven't the heart to take them down because. My parents were so proud. Um, the, I, I do mostly theater, and the biggest thing I did was I played Wendy in Sandy Duncan's version of Peter Pan uh, on Broadway. So <laughs> I was, uh, and we did tours before and after. So it was like a three and a half year run with her, and that was that was pretty special. Um, and then I still do television. In fact, lately I have this little—it's small, but it's a sweet little recurring part on Modern Family. Well, that's kind of nice. I still keep my, my toe in the water, so to speak. And at the same time, you're still running your uh, your mom and dad's shop, and it's open six days a week. 
Yeah, if if it weren't for Jim, we wouldn't we wouldn't be running it. But luckily, he um, he kind of eased his way in it when my mom started not feeling great. He would come in and help out when I had an audition or if I had a show, and and he liked it so much because he's he was a photographer, did a lot of architectural photography, but he kind of phased out of that and has enjoyed being in the store. And you know, it's it's like it was for my parents. It's kind of a social life. It's friends gather there um and we really enjoy it the uh the website to see pictures and learn more it's kramer's k-r-a-m-e-r-s tobacco shop dot com and the address if you're in beverly hills it's 9531 santa monica boulevard uh you know what if you're if if you've got a spouse that wants to go shopping and you want a place to go hide, it's <laughs> Kramer's is a five-minute walk from all those fancy high-dollar shops, and uh, there's always a cigar and maybe a stool at the bar. So many guys come in and they say, "Yeah, so many guys come in and they say my wife is having her hair done, she's having a massage, she's having a facial, you know, she's shopping down the street, and so they come in and you know schmooze and look around and it's fun." <laughs> You know, it's real. you meet a lot of nice people. I mean, being a retailer is is not always easy, but the really nice people from all over make up for it. You know, it's just fun to get to know people. I used to laugh because my mother, my mother would ask people questions. You know, when they came in and she liked them and talked to them. I said, "Mother, you can't ask them all those personal questions." And now I find I do the same thing. You know, <laughs> where are you from? What do you do? <laughs> Well, and the, and the other advantage to having Jim around is that uh, neither you or your mom were going to make it on a pro basketball team, so Jim can reach all the stuff on the top shelf. <laughs> That's true. Jim is six foot three. I am barely five foot, so um, <laughs> I, I pick things up that are low, and he gets the high stuff, so it's good. <laughs> All right. All right. So now the uh, now the the big news and uh, and the re- the reason for this big news is because of uh, you know California laws and the FDA and all that stuff. But go ahead and tell the story because I'm excited. Well, yeah. Well, we are excited. We are thrilled that that our blends are now just now available on SmokingPipes.com. So it's like my parents' legacy, like my dad's legacy, is going to continue on forever, you know. Um, we have people who do call from all over the country, and they've heard about our, our blends, and, you know, guys share them at pipe clubs and all that, but now they're really going to be easily available and affordable on smokingpipes.com, and we are truly thrilled, because it isn't easy. I mean, we all know, you know, that smoking does get a tough rap. And um, and this is very special, especially at this time. Yeah, and where else in Beverly Hills can you smoke besides in your store? Oh, oh, where you can smoke? Oh goodness, you can walk. <laughs> you can walk around. You have to be five five feet from a table where people are smoking, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, where people are eating. <laughs> five feet from a table where people are eating. So the outdoor cafes. Um, but basically. That's it. They don't want you in the parks. I have to say that Beverly Hills police are kind of kind. You know, they, um, you know, if you're a tourist and that, they'll they'll give you a pass. But but it's not a lot of places. There are you know a 
one or two cigar bars. Most of them are private. So um, it's it's not easy. In fact, we used to have some tables outside of our store, and the city made us take them away. Because they were... They said, and they got us not on smoke. They didn't get us on smoke on, on the smoking rules because we're in compliance. We're five feet from any table where people may be eating. But they said we were encroaching on the sidewalk. So <laughs> I went to City Hall, and, <laughs> and it didn't do any good. So it's it's tough. So if you're in the area, you can swing in there and see the store and visit and try the tobaccos. Or now yeah. you can just go on to smokingpipes.com and get uh, get Al Kramer's original blends. Yes. Yeah, it just really touches me to hear you say that. But yes, and, absolutely. And I'll also mention that uh, Rick Newcomb was kind of involved in making that happen and introducing you around to the right people. He- was it was almost like I know this is going to sound wooey, but it was like my parents came down to Rick and said, "Rick, you know, give Marcia and Jim a hand here." You know, <laughs> and um, I was at that tobacco show, and and Jim, um, Rick, and I were sharing a table because he, he was late in getting his table for him to sell his fabulous books. So um, we were sharing a table, and he said, "I have some people I want you to meet. I think something could happen with this." So he was really like a little little genie on my shoulder, you know, and helped us get this going. So I am indebted to him. And, 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 and you're great to do this. Thank you. Well, th- this is fun because this comes, this is the beautiful part of the tobacco industry, and I love it because 20 years ago, Lord, um, I was this young kid that worked at Dunhill and would come up and, you know, sometimes... In other businesses, if somebody that worked someplace else and was a competitor came in, they'd shoo you out. No, your mom welcomed me, and I became a customer and had a place to hang out. And yeah, so that's this is yeah. the this is the beautiful part of the business that we're all helping each other out. And uh, this is kind of fun to see those see that little Beverly Hills store uh, up on the internet, and people around the world are trying your tobaccos. You know, I mean, I, I don't smoke. That's that's my choice. But I certainly stand up for people who decide that they want to smoke, especially a pipe and a, you know, or a cigar. But I so enjoy going to these tobacco shows and meeting people, young and old, and some of the young guys who really have a, uh, a love of history, and they honor the history, and they respect it, you know. Um, yeah. And they love the art of pipe making, which is really an art. And and of blends and you know sometimes like people have come in and they've asked Jim they say what's your best cigar and he said the one you smoke with your good friend <laughs> and I feel that that's like pipes you know what's your best pipe what's your best pipe tobacco well of course I want to say ours but you know it's a camaraderie it's I love it when a dad comes in with a son and and they buy tobacco together brothers come in like that it's um it's a bonding thing and it's. And it's legal, for goodness sake. So, yeah. you know, and it's, as long as it's done, my mother says, in moderation, you know, it's not going to do you in. So I, I really, I love the whole industry and, and pipe people, tobacco people, you know, cigar guys. So. Well, and from my well, time of hanging out with your mom, your mom was one of a kind. She was. She was. 
<laughs> she definitely was. But she really liked you, you know. Um, and I, you could tell. So, Marsha, we will wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions because everybody gets them and I didn't prep you in advance, but I'm going to alter them a little oh. bit. These are going to be based on what you think your father would say. So are you ready? Oh, you're okay. Okay. What was your father's favorite pipe? Oh, my goodness. Um, he had a Meerschaum he really liked. He had a beautiful Meerschaum. And what was your father's favorite tobacco? Father Dempsey. <laughs> Without question. Uh, what was your father's favorite drink? Oh, wow. Um, if he drank something, he would drink scotch, but um, but he wasn't, he wasn't much of a drinker. You know? But if he had a drink out, he would drink scotch. Uh, when it was time for him to relax, did he prefer a book, a movie, or music? Wow. I think a movie, you know, and, and mostly on television. Even in those days, you know, he would he would love to sit in front of the television and watch a good movie. Uh, a good John Wayne, you know, a good Western, <laughs> he loved that. And the last question, and this is going to be the toughest for you because there's got to be so many. But uh, do you have a particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory of your dad? Wow. Well, what, what always makes me laugh is that my dad, he, he adored my mother and me. I mean, we were, we were his life. But he wasn't like a big hugger and, and kisser with relatives or other people. And when anybody would come, you know, lady relatives and stuff, he would stick that pipe in his mouth. So he didn't have to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> Again, it's Kramer's Pipe and Tobacco Shop of Beverly Hills, and it's uh, run by a real uh, stage and screen star right now. And uh, Kramer's Pipe Tobacco, available on smokingpipes.com. Marcia, thank you very much for joining us. Brian, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. And we'll be back in just a minute. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic Cashmere, the sultry Licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino Red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. This is Internet Radio. We are back live in uh, lovely Concord, where the weather is still nice. Um, yeah, so uh, many of you have asked for more uh, interviews or discussions with tobacconists. Well, how's that one? I mean, going back all the way into the 1940s and... 
custom blended tobaccos for you know some uh, fairly well-known uh, celebrities and just a great shop really if you do if you're in the los angeles area beverly hills is a uh, destination anyway do make a point to stop off at uh, kramer's pipe and tobacco shop and uh before you do that you can try the blends out right now all right for music because of uh, Marsha and talking about Danny Kay and talking about the good old days. Well, here's a ta- here's a song from Danny Kay called Happy Time. Wish on the moon and look for the gold in a rainbow and you'll find happy times you'll hear a tune that lives in the heart of a blue And you'll find happy times Though things may look very dark Your dream is not in vain For when do you find a rainbow Only on the moon and someday it may be tomorrow you will suddenly hear child and you'll have your happy happy Not in vain. For when do you find a rainbow? Only after rain. So wish on the moon, and someday it may be tomorrow. could uh sing dance act and smoke a pipe um wonder if he did it all at the same time once Monday, Monday. you've got mail Tuesday, Wednesday. you've got mail Thursday, you've got mail in the mailbag all right on uh, facebook john jackson wrote me hi brian after a 10-year break my brother got me back into pipes welcome back 
Uh, he says, I've been revisiting my old favorites. McBaron Navy Flake was at the top of the list. Can you tell me if it's Virginia-based or Burley? I'm seeing conflicting info online. Currently smoking PS Luxury Navy Flake, but it doesn't seem as rich, if that makes sense. What are your thoughts? Thanks, and great podcast, too. Uh, thank you, John. You're welcome. I, uh, I've, so I sent him an answer on uh, Facebook, and I thought this answer might be interesting for all of you, too. If a tobacco is made in Europe, uh, all the blends from Europe are prime. Well, not all of them, but primarily Virginia-based. Virginia tobaccos are more popular in Europe than the Burley-based aromatics that we have here in the U.S. So again, if it comes from Europe, automatically assume that it's a Virginia-based blend. If it says Burley on the front of it or describes it as a dark-fired or a, a dark blend, then you can assume that it's going to be a burly-based blend. However, in most situations, tobaccos from Europe use burly as a condimental tobacco. When you switch over the Atlantic and you come to the U.S. and you're looking at our aromatic blends, those are 99% burly-based aromatic blends because Burley sucks up the flavoring better and uh, Burley's a little cheaper. Uh, but do look at the uh, look at the back of the blend descriptions because in the case of McBaron Navy Flake, it talks about Burley in there and it talks about Virginia and some McBaron Special Black Cavendish. Uh, that McBaron Special Black Cavendish is made from Virginia's. Then there's some Golden Virginia's in there and the Burley is used as a condiment in replace of Perique, which is what used to be in there. Uh, the PS Luxury Navy Flake, I haven't smoked that in a long time, but I can say that it may not be as rich because uh, maybe they've backed down the amount of Perique in it, or your uh, taste buds have changed. But anyway, welcome back to the hobby. Uh, thanks for uh, listening, and thanks for sending in the question. Uh, going back to last week with Dean Tomsick, Dino writes, Dean provided a fascinating story and a lively conversation. Uh, Gina's song and performance was absolutely fabulous. I shared it with all my friends. A really nice tribute to Mary Tyler Moore. And yes, let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater legislatures. A tip of the hat to Kevin for the Dean and Gina input and to you for another fun show, Dino. And then the contrary, which I like is uh, Casey Ghost writes, this show didn't do much for me. The information on Dunhill Tobaccos was interesting, and tipping the cat to the great Mary Tyler Moore was really nice. Saw a clip the other day of her throwing out a first pitch at a Twins game. Did not realize she was a southpaw. So there we go. Mary Tyler Moore and I have something in common. Um, I do, I, I personally enjoy the conversations with or the guests that are just pipe smokers that have had an interesting background. I find them fun and fascinating and, uh, you know, just great to know all the different people that are attracted to our, uh, to our little hobby. And, uh, lastly, like I mentioned before, uh, Scott emailed me at, uh, Brian at pipes and said, uh, pipe parts suggestion. 
A focus on American pipe makers, pipe sellers, especially in the affordable range under $150, such as Dagner, Crow Valley, Moonshine, and so many others, making us potentially aware of newer USA makers and brands. I understand that some pipes from these brands are not made in the U.S., but the brand seller is U.S. Uh, He goes on, and, and let me ask you this question. Uh, we've had uh, Jason Dagner and uh, Jonathan from uh, Moonshine on before. Um, would you guys be interested in me doing in pipe parts maybe a uh, you know one or two lesser known uh, pipe brands and just giving a little brief intro on them and keep in mind that these are not endorsements of them and that was kind of my fear of doing some of this stuff in the uh, in the past was. Yeah, I can make you aware of the product, but I don't want you to think that it's an endorsement of it. Um, anyway, Scott, if you want to hear those, go back and listen to uh, Jason Dagner and uh, Moonshine. And uh, as time goes on, we'll have those guys back on, too, to update us. Uh, he also goes on to write, also a show suggestion, I'd like to hear more interviews of retail tobacconists. Uh, living in North Carolina, yay, uh, I enjoyed the Milan interview in Roanoke. As I travel, I enjoy visiting these stores. Favorite so far was uh, Levitt and Pierce at Harvard. Surely these stores are struggling to keep going, but the history of the stores and their owners and experiences is fascinating. And then he signs off, making America great again, one pipe smoker at a time. Keep up the good work. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to get more and more tobacconists in. Uh, Those tobacconists all have great stories. I've reached out to several. Some of them are... uh, less excited about being recorded because they're tobacconists and they're just not comfortable telling their story on a recorded media. But, uh, hey, we'll keep working on it. There's a ton of them to keep going with and uh, lots of history out there, just like uh, like Marsha's history. Uh, all right, don't forget the JDRF auctions are coming up. We'll start them uh, middle to end of March. Uh, we really do need your help this year with uh donations of uh, product to be auctioned off. Uh, Steve Fallon, the pipe stud, has uh, kindly volunteered to use his eBay site and his uh, pipe stud website again and uh, donate his time and his commissions to us, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, But, you know, the industry's under attack, so getting free product from vendors is a little tough right now, so I'd appreciate any donations that you guys can come up with. Uh, whether it be uh, just pure cash or something to be auctioned off, it's all appreciated no matter how small you think it may be. It definitely does help. And this is the uh, one time uh, out of the year where we ask you, the uh, listeners, to uh, contribute to help out. And it's a cause that helps out with a lot of people, including the late, great Mary Tyler Moore uh, and uh, people like my daughter. All right. Pipe shows that are coming up uh, February 18th is the uh, St. Louis Pipe Show in St. Louis. I won't be there. Sorry, folks. I'll have to explain uh, that in uh, in a future show. Uh, Also coming up is the uh, New York Pipe Show in uh, Newark, New Jersey, March 11th. That's uh, right there at the uh, Newark Airport at the Wyndham. And then April 8th in Raleigh, which I believe I will be there, is the Triangle Area Pipe Smokers, the TAPS show, April 8th, Raleigh, North Carolina. 
then the big one, Chicago, May 3rd through the 7th. Boy, book your rooms now because room rates are going up quickly. And uh, I checked uh, yesterday and Pheasant Run is already sold out on the Saturday night. So uh, if you want to stay on Saturday night, you'll have to sleep on the floor with somebody or or stay down the street. Uh, And, of course, International Pipe Smoking Day, February 20th. Let me know what you guys are doing if you're getting together with your pipe club or going to be tuning in to us. Whatever you're doing, let me know. If you got a uh, pipe smoking gathering coming up, let me know and I'll uh, pitch it right here. And finally, I will say uh, if you'd like to advertise on the Pipes Magazine radio show, let uh, Kevin Godby know, Kevin at PipesMagazine.com, and he'll hook you up with that. In just a minute, a real rant. I'm old and I'm not happy. Everything today is improved, and I don't like it. I hate it. In my day, we didn't have fancy tobaccos. If you wanted to smoke something, you took grass clippings and smoked them. It burned your mouth, seared your nostrils, made your eyes water, and tasted like horse manure, and you liked it. You loved it. Whoopee! We didn't have cured briar pipes that you could clench or hold in your hand. No, we had stone pipes that broke your teeth and gave you third-degree burns. There was nothing you could do about it. You were a toothless, burned freak. Children would scream and run away from you. You were a public menace, a walking, pipe-smoking freak show. And that's the way it was, and we liked it. We loved it. Hallelujah, look at me. I'm a toothless, burned victim. Oh, happy day. Not like today, everybody feeling good about themselves. I hate it. In my day, we didn't have pipe lighters or matches. If you wanted to light your pipe, you had to rub two sticks together. It took 45 minutes just to light your pipe. And that's the way we liked it. We used kerosene to light our pipes, and we would immediately burst into flames. And we liked it. We loved it. Cowboy. I, too, am getting old, and I'm getting not happy. I'm getting old and cranky, and here's what's got me cranky this week. This is a bit of a rehash, but it still gets me cranky. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are posting on public on uh, social media or when you're sending an email whatever length it is take the time to reread it go back through it again reread it before you push send post tweet snatch whatever you do do it take the time to reread it if you're using it on a uh, on any if you're typing on any of these things those little red and blue squiggly lines that show up underneath uh, improper grammar and misspelled words, those are a warning sign. Stop and fix them. If you're asking for my time to read your gibberish, then you know what? Take the time to reread it yourself and clean it up before you just post it out there. It would save me a whole bunch of time. It would save a bunch of people all these arguments that happen because, hey, I'll be honest with you. 
90% of us don't know how to write, including me. And you know what? We really do need to take the time to reread it. Otherwise, we cause all kinds of arguments and problems because we just probably blah, 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 type, type, type and post it. And it comes out like brain fart gibberish. Well, take the time to reread it. Look for those little red squiggly lines under there. Look for those little blue ones that are showing up. Fix all those things before you post it. You, the sender, have the responsibility of putting out a clear and concise message for us, the reader, to read it. If a book is bad, it's not because the reader is bad, it's because the writer is bad. Or it's just a bad story. Either way, just take your time and do that for me, will you please? All right, and while you're uh, writing stuff, leave us a rating or review on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. We appreciate that. Even if you don't listen on iTunes or Stitcher, go on there and just leave us a rating or review. We do appreciate that. Uh, do go online and check out uh, smokingpipes.com and look at the uh, Kramer's Pipe and Tobaccos that are up there. And uh, if you got any questions or comments, email me, brian, at pipesmagazine.com, however I may put them on the show. Or uh, post them right there on PipesMagazine.com, right under the radio show page. I want to say an especially big thank you to Marsha for joining me. And uh, thank you to Marsha and her family for all the great memories of hanging out in her store. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy This show sounded like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha.